They are they are frightening uh, beings to behold, mm. and so that's p- probably part of the other reason that the that the shepherds were terrified. And and not only are angels terrifying, in a lot of ways, God can be too. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Salty Pastor Podcast. My name is Jesse Mayer. I will be your host, and welcome. Zach Peak, our salty pastor for the day, or what did we call you last time? Our sea salt, sea salt. I'll be you, Himalayan salt. Himalayan yeah, salt. Yeah, I like the mountains. I can't keep track of all of the uh, different spices we bring on here, but we definitely have a lot of spice, and we are so excited. Everyone who is uh, listening only on our podcast, you won't be able to see this, but we have a brand new desk that um, was made by a very, very special volunteer. Um, here at Foothills named Jerry Anderson. He made this amazing desk that has this TV mounted in it. So we feel so special and um, blessed that he decided to put some time and craftsmanship into creating something so amazing for um, the podcast and for Foothills because we use this studio for a lot of different things. So if you're only a listen-only person, just tune in once for the podcast just so you can check out our new desk. But we are so thankful to Jerry and everything he's done. But enough with that. We have Zach Peak here. It is Christmas time. We are in the middle of our series, Jesus is Christmas. And Zach, what are you preaching about this week? Well, I was a little bit uh, confused uh, last Sunday. You were because, a confused. Yeah, because I got sent uh, the basic outline of what uh, Pastor Peak wants me to preach on uh-huh. uh, for this Sunday. And then he started preaching on Sunday, and I was like, this is a very similar outline. <laughs> like, he just really wants to reinforce the point. <laughs> But thankfully, he brought in a little bit of Matthew. We're not in Matthew. We're just going to be in that Luke chapter 2. We touched on it this last week, okay. and now we're going to dive a little bit deeper into it. Um, you know, he was opening the series, and so he was kind of covering a little bit of everything, a little mm. bit uh, higher level, you know, that 30,000 casting vision of where we're going, yeah. right? Yeah, and we're going to get a little bit more specific about Jesus, about joy, and about some of these... Uh, these more specific things and about how that actually works in the context of our relationship with Christ. That's awesome. what we're going to be doing this week and, and a little bit with Christmas, you know, I kind of love Christmas. Are you, I'm so excited for just celebrating Christmas. The mm-hmm. The church just ha- takes on a different energy around Christmas time. Yeah. Um, I think, I mean, the world as a whole does, right? Like there's a yeah. different kind of, you know, it's not necessarily true authentic joy that you get from Jesus, but there's a definite like increase in like yeah. just general, excitement around christmas and yeah. so it's always great and well and it's cool that it's such like a worldwide thing yeah too, i mean you, know? you see this and pastor doug talked about this on the podcast last week that you know even non-believers over in arabian countries mm-hmm. still celebrate christmas for not the best reasons commercialism <laughs> and stuff but they still get excited about christmas and so yeah. we're just wanting to keep the focus on why we are excited about christmas which is jesus right so exactly. you said we were in luke 2 today yeah yeah we're going to be in luke chapter 2 uh we're going to we're going to talk a little bit about the opening to it where it goes you know anybody who's read the christmas story will recognize the you know there's this the census caesar augustus says the census should be taken and Joseph and Mary go to Bethlehem, and we'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, but we, we really want to pick up uh, kind of what happens once they're there and once Jesus mm. is born. Um, I mean, we can just jump in right now. You know, uh, anybody who's read the Christmas story, this will sound really familiar, starting in verse 1. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world, and everyone went to their own town to register. 
Joseph went up to uh, went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David. Uh, we all we know that's all familiar to us. We, mm. He went there to register with Mary, who he was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave ba- birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. Uh, and then this is what we really want to focus on this week. This is kind of the, the pivotal part of the story that we're going to be taking uh, our attention to. Uh, In verse 8, it says, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. So I want to start right there. We talked last Sunday about how fear it can kill our joy. You know, mm. fear causes us to behave in a lot of ways and do a lot of actions that take us away from experiencing the joy of Christ. And, and here we see when an angel shows up to the shepherds, what happens? They are terrified. Mm. They are overcome with fear. But... The angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. So I want to take a second to to focus on the fear and then the defeating of that fear and where the joy comes in. Because we see these shepherds are terrified, and they're terrified for a couple different reasons. Uh, one of them is because, you know, they're just out with the flocks at night, and something shows up in the sky and starts talking to them. Right. <laughs> which, that is definitely a little creepy. If you were out camping in the mountains, you know, and you're sitting around the fire, it's 10, it's gotten dark, you know, it's nice, you're just hanging out talking, and then a light appears in the sky and starts talking to you, you you're going to be a little freaked out. Well, I mean, people get freaked out just by, like, being in their tents, and they constantly think, like, bears are coming. I mean, to get them yeah. right like you hear a snap of a twig out there and it's and like, like they oh were, my gosh they were used to being outside but yeah. it's like they're still on high alert that's why yeah. they're out there is to protect the flocks right yeah. and so it's like yeah. they're already kind of amped up mm-hmm. but then you know just like every uh quote-unquote ufo sighting or whatever you start seeing lights in the sky then yep. it really uh it's contradictory to what you are expecting yes in you're a not peaceful expecting night. <laughs> a light to appear in the sky an angel to appear in the sky and start talking to you yes <laughs> um there's another reason they're terrified though and, and we we can know this from the old testament a lot angels are scary you know, we have a great um, idea in Western culture of angels looking like these, you know, very, very white people with these nice flowing robes that have a nice little halo. They're playing the harp. They sit on They're your so, shoulder. They're so calm, yeah, like exactly. cherub style, like yes. very, very peaceful. Yeah. And that's not an angel. <laughs> when you read in the, uh, in the Old Testament, I think uh, one of my favorite encounters is, is the book of Daniel. Daniel is in the kingdom of Babylon. You know, he's doing his thing and an angel shows up to talk to him and like there's a couple men with him that run out of the room and like the way daniel describes it he's like i couldn't stand anymore because my knees were so weak Mm. like this guy he's like he's described i can't remember exactly how it is but he's like this 20 foot tall guy like who looks like he's made of bronze with a sword you know he's got like warriors right for the most part like every instance we see of angels in the bible contrary to the western culture's mm-hmm. view of them they're the warriors like mm-hmm. they are not like meek mild thing no. kings they were 
They're like they're like Avengers, but even yeah. bigger, even scarier, even yeah. more yeah. like empowered. Yeah, they are they are frightening uh, beings to behold, mm. and so that's probably part of the other reason that the that the shepherds were terrified, and and not only are angels terrifying, in a lot of ways, God can be too. And I think this is something that, that we don't often recognize. We can talk about how, you know, we can be afraid of this world and yes, that can kill our joy, or we can be afraid of what might happen to us or afraid of, you know, financial things or, you know, really anything in this world can cause us fear and insecurity. And yeah, that can take away our joy, but there's something else that's scary. And that is kind of getting closer to God, you know, God, uh, um, when, it's it's so interesting when you read the Old Testament. There's a part where I believe it's Moses says, God, I want to see you. I want to see who you are. I want to yep. see you. And and it's interesting because earlier in the, and I believe it's the same passage, you know, it describes, the Old Testament describes how Moses talked to God as a friend talks to his friend face to face. Right. And so it's like Moses has this relationship with God. He knows him. He's already very close. Like yeah, he's, he's closer with close God than basically anybody yeah, before him. Exactly. Short of Adam basically yeah. in the garden. But then Moses is like, I want to see you in all your glory. And God's like, nah. no, you can't. <laughs> Moses is like, well, why not? I thought we were buddies. And God's like, oh, because you'll die. <laughs> Would you like to be vaporized today? Yeah. Would you like to cease to exist? You it's can like, you can come be with me sooner than you're supposed yeah. to if you really want yeah, to. Yeah, exactly. And so he has Moses stand in this crack of this mountain and he goes by in all of his glory. And it describes how Moses can, you know, he can hear, feels this shaking and this power. And then when the Lord is a ways off, he comes out of the crack and just sees behind him. Mm. And even that has a profound impact well because he comes down from the mountain glowing after that experience like yeah he's literally yeah. like his face is mm-hmm. glowing just from he has to put like a shroud tra- yeah, yeah just so from that- the train of his glory which is yes. basically just the vapor waves yeah of yeah of god and mm-hmm. that was enough to basically mm-hmm. transform Moses. Yeah. and i think it's really important for us to to take away and what i really want to focus on with this scripture is that god is terrifying too when we first encounter him, he is scary. He's the creator of the universe. He is perfection. He is goodness incarnate. Uh, he is so many things that are wonderful and beautiful and also very scary at the same time. Um, you know, I'm sure we've all had experiences where we went into a situation that was good. Maybe it's when you went to, you know, you wanted to go to maybe a dream college or something. And, you know, it was a really good school and you got in and you show up that first day and it's a good thing but you're a little but scared. But it's also terrifying. Yeah, yeah. Or I'm sure, you know, with, with you being out on tour, you know, and all your dancing, I'm sure there were times where, you know. Absolutely. Yeah, it's it's scary. And it's a good thing, but it's still scary. Mm. It's still tough. And, and that's only amplified with God because he is so good. You know, I played sports in high school, and there were times where, you know, the first day showing up to practice, especially the first day. You know, I was part of the high school team. Mm. You know, that's a that's an intimidating thing because you recognize that you know that you're in this new level. You know, you're like, okay, the game is going to be raised and I got to step up. And there's that insecurity inside you, which can cause fear. And it's only a lot more with the Lord. Right. Because he is much, much better than mm. the JV football team that I was trying <laughs> to play for. <laughs> so, yeah, but, but that's, so that's, a, there's so many reasons the shepherds were terrified. You know, and there's a lot of reasons for in our lives that we can be terrified of the Lord. You know, we can be afraid of the way he will change us. He can be afraid or we can be afraid of what he may ask us to to leave behind for him. 
the ways he will mold and shape our lives. I remember in high school, um, you know, at me and like everybody else in these group, like, yeah, we want to follow God, but but what if he asks us to be a missionary in Africa? I don't want to do that. <laughs> I don't want to do that. <laughs> it's like so. So I want to follow him, but I'm scared of on what he's going to take me. Yeah, <laughs> on my own terms. And that's how a lot of us act, and that's how a lot of us behave. Is we recognize the power of the Lord, mm. and that much power can be scary to us. And so when we talk about fear and we talk about the fears that hold us back from joy, yeah, there's fears about this world. There's fears about what could happen, that there can be worries about money or, or food or how we're going to get gas in our car, you know, our house or, you know, where we're going to live. And there, there are a lot of things that we can worry about and some of them can be really legitimate. But I think the greatest fear that we have of all for many of us is actually going to God and fully follow, excuse me, fully following him. Mm. So, and we see that with the shepherds, you know, when the shepherds uh, are in the fields and they're just living their lives, you know, like you said, they're used to this, they're out there, they're watching the flocks and what happens? A heavenly host shows up. Well, and you, we see a lot, especially in the old Testament before, you know, Jesus kind of allowed us a more personal relationship. The only people that really got that kind of like one-on-one -on -one time with even an angel were like the holiest of holy people, mm -hmm. right? Like the best of the best, Moses, you know, Joshua, these guys that were like the leaders. And so these shepherds who are just like nobodies mm -hmm. out in a field, like they're just working class guys mm -hmm. to have a supernatural experience like this, to have a, a divine experience mm -hmm is very out of the norm, right? Yeah. Compared to what they've been taught from childhood mm -hmm. of, you know, Moses gets to talk to the, you yeah. know, God, these guys, these are very set rules. And, you know, the priests in the tabernacle, they can kind of sometimes interface with him, but you know, you, you were too unclean. You are not worthy enough to have an experience. So that's a whole nother layer of like, Oh, we either really messed up or something weird. Yeah. <laughs> like, right. Like, <laughs> but I mean, that point you bring up is so interesting because do you know why, Moses was the spokesman to the Israelites. Tell me. Because when you read Exodus, when you go through the book and they are led out of Egypt, you know, they, they're led out of Egypt and Moses is the one who acts, you know, on behalf of God, him and Aaron, they speak to the people and Pharaoh, they get them out of Egypt, they cross the Red Sea, they get out to the desert, they go to Mount Sinai, which is, mm. you know, at that point is the mountain of the Lord because the Lord has decided this is where we're going to, you know, figure this stuff out. We're going to make our covenant yeah, and figure it this out. This is where we're going to do it. And they spent a long time there. They were there for like a year. You know, yeah. we all know about the 40 years in the desert. We all know about the leaving Egypt, but there's a time in between, like it's over a year long where they're hanging out at Sinai. Just waiting to they're figure out waiting. what's happening. And the people are terrified of God. They had the opportunity. They could have in the covenant with God, they could have talked to him and been like, Hey, we want you. We want you in our lives. But they were like, um, no, please. Moses is like, hey, anybody want? Nope, nope, nope. nope you nope. go up there. You, you go up to the scary mountain with all the mountain, lightning. With and all everything. the lightning and spoke, that thing. Yeah, you go up there. We're going to stay here. Um, yeah, we're good. We're good. It's all good. Yep. We don't We've actually been looking into crafting a bowl. Yeah, we're, <laughs> you go. We're, gonna, we're thinking about a little calf over here. Aaron's got us. You go hang out with the big scary cloud that's talking to you. Right. They, they were terrified of God, they were scared. And that's in Exodus, the people who have been led out of Egypt, who've been saved from slavery and captivity. And not only that, but they become decently wealthy. 
off of it too. Well, because they they inherit or God basically puts it on the Egyptians' hearts to give them yeah. all this wealth yeah. as they're leaving. They're yeah. like, just go take all of this stuff, get out. Yeah, we imagine don't want if you were at some awful job and God's like shows Here's up, he's like, bonus. hey, I'm gonna get you out of here. We're gonna get you into a great place to work purely for me, and we're gonna get you a severance that's worth five years of salary. <laughs> you know, and and what's the Israelites' reaction? To all this, they are terrified because. God can be scary, and it's mm. okay for us to recognize that. It's okay for us to recognize that the creator of the universe upon which all of our life depends, mm. you know, and, and who has sent his son and who loves us is also, you know, very scary sometimes, you know, in that great power that he has. There's so many points where, whether it's David, the psalmist, or other writers talking about our first reaction anytime we think of God should just be to fall yeah. on our knees mm -hmm. in fear and trembling, right? Yeah. Like that is a phrase that's used so many times. Mm -hmm. And we, as a Western culture, kind of take it for granted. We're like, well, Jesus is, he's, he's fighting for us. We can just kind of. Jesus kinda, is just that skinny guy with that nice beard and that nice sundress. Beard. It's great. And he's going to be, he's the one that, you know, we don't have to be afraid anymore. He's got us covered, but it's like, no, like God's still scary. Well, you don't and, have to be afraid of anything else. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. And so I think it's, it, it's, a, I love this point you're bringing up of like, it's really easy for us to just kind of be like, it's Christmas. Everything's supposed to be happy. God's always in our corner. And he is always in our corner, even in that same section when he's talking to Moses. And this is a really great characteristic of God where he's talking about, he says, I am a jealous God. Mm -hmm. And it's like, if you worship another God besides me for three to four generations after you, you will be punished. But someone who loves me and follows me for a thousand generations, mm -hmm. they will be blessed. And so it's like, God doesn't say, you know, you're good. I love you no matter what, which he does. But he's also like, but you got to love me back. Mm -hmm. This is not a one-sided relationship. Mm -hmm. And he does instill basically some rules and consequences of if you're not stepping up and, mm -hmm. and putting your time in and showing that I am your one and only, I can also be not a very nice, you know, it's, it's kind of like parenting, right? Like, well, he also is a, he's a God of love. He's also a God of justice, Yes, <laughs> you know, and, and, and that, that, that balance is something that, you know, a lot of us talk about, you know, when we talk about why there's evil in the world and all of these things. Um, but, you know, it's, it's important for us to realize that approaching God is something that can be scary mm -hmm. and that we as humans who are flawed and sinful and who have been raised in this world that doesn't want us to know God, it is a scary thing to go to God. And it's important for us to realize that because there's no way for us to overcome that fear, to overcome that scariness without admitting it's there. Mm. We have to recognize it's there. But listen to what the shepherds do. Listen to what their story is. Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. Again, this is, this is something that is good. We know this is good. We read this story, and this is an incredible thing. It's also very scary mm. for the shepherds. But how do the shepherds respond? When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. See, the shepherds here make an incredible decision. 
instead of letting the fear overcome them, which, I mean, yeah, the angel said, do not be afraid, but it's, you know, <laughs> you can still you be can, afraid. You can, you're still probably going to be afraid. <laughs> I, I remember this one time uh, when I was in middle school, um, we had been in basketball tryouts and this one kid, it, it, he, he'd really wanted to make the, the varsity team, but he, he wasn't quite good enough. He didn't make it, mm. he, he, you know, and he was in the locker room. He was really sad afterward. He was crying a little bit and everybody there like really felt for him. And so the biggest guy who was a football player, who's just this tank goes up to him and the nicest way he can is like, Hey, it's fine. You're going to be okay. But he does it in this tone. He's <laughs> doing his best, but it's so like, intimidating still <laughs> and it did not help at all and i'm just like that's kind of what the angel probably right. is like it's like do not be afraid and you're like, <laughs> you're like I, I am still s- very I am more afraid, afraid now yes, i am now more afraid and so the shepherds you know we read this we're like oh great the angel said don't be afraid why would you be afraid it's like well well <laughs> i well, mean there's still that opportunity for them to be afraid but despite that and then, you know, all these other angels show up and start singing and they're like, what's going on? Like, right. that is an amazing, but also in some ways a terrifying experience, especially with like what you talked about where, you know, if with any Jewish background, which grow, living in Bethlehem, they probably had a Jewish background. That is a scary thing to experience, you mm-hmm. know, the Lord to experience his glory and power. But what do they do? They make the decision to not allow that to affect them. They make the decision that, yes, this is a scary thing, but it's also a good thing. And so I'm going to choose the good part of it. And even though I might still be scared, I'm going to go try to experience this and figure it out. And they go into Bethlehem. Well, and they don't know what to expect. Like mm-hmm. the angels are not like, they say, you know, the Messiah is born, he's here, but like, you know, they're probably expecting he's maybe in a palace or cause like yeah. the, the idea back then was the Messiah was going to come in basically as this King, this like glorious figure. And so they're kind of going in and I'm, you know, I would be thinking, well, he's probably locked behind some door and like, there's probably a host of angels also protecting him. And like, it's, you know, like trying to go and see like, you know, some celebrities baby basically, mm-hmm. right? Like there's security everywhere. And it's like, it turns out he's just, in a manger because mm-hmm. there was no room for him even in just like a, a broke down inn, like yeah. that he's out in a barn basically and so it's like their expectations are constantly being mm-hmm. um changed changed yeah. right of what it is but they have the 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 courage mm-hmm. to go out and be like well we were told he's here and even though it's super scary and we don't know what to expect, we're still going to go forward and go see what it is that yeah, they have they told us. they make that decision to go. And what are the effects of this? In, in verse uh, 16, so they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. And so we see here that the shepherds are confronted at the beginning of this story with something that is scary, that they are terrified of. It says explicitly they were terrified. That is where they start off. They are terrified. And what are they terrified of? They are terrified of the messenger of the Lord, something that is good. So something that is good, something that is bringing joy, the Messiah, Christ, his birth and the, the surrounding circumstances and glory of God terrify the shepherds. Mm. That is where they start off with this. But they take the steps to go explore it, 
to seek God in it, to see what is going on here. I want to find out despite the, you know, initial fear and despite, despite what could be very scary, you know, and they're not a hundred percent sure. I mean, according to the Bible, all the angels said is this will be the sign to you. You'll find a baby wrapped, wrapped in cloth and lying in a manger. And they're like, that's not a lot to go on. Right. You know, and Bethlehem probably wasn't the biggest town, but that's still like, okay, interesting. We're going to go try. So it's not like they were like, Hey, go, you know, it's not a GPS. Take three, three turns right. here, go down this street, look at here. Oh, and that's where it is. It's, you know, it's a little bit more ambiguous than that. But despite all that, they go and seek it. They go and search for it. And they end up not only having great joy themselves, you know, they worship the Lord, they praise him for all these amazing things they've seen and heard. But the people in Bethlehem who hear this are amazed. And Mary treasures up all these things in her heart. Mm. You know, it brings joy not just to themselves, but to those around them. Well, and it's, it's kind of like, it's a, a longer lasting joy, right? Like that phrase of treasuring these things up in your heart, you're like kind of storing them away. It's something that's going to last you rather than yeah. kind of an ephemeral. Well, it's or true just a joy. It's not happiness. Yeah. It's not some, it's not happiness. It's not temporary. It's, it's a joy. It's a joy, something that is long lasting that does not go away. And so that's what we're going to try to talk about a little bit, uh, you know, this Sunday when we're talking more specifically about joy and fear and how that fear can prevent us from experiencing the joy is that Jesus being born, Jesus being God, Jesus having a relationship with us is an objectively good thing. It is something that brings us joy, that brings us happiness, you know, that mm. it's both temporary and, you know, sustainable. It's, it's an amazing and it's a good thing, but our fear of him can prevent us from taking those steps. Well, and you know, we never hear about these shepherds again, right? Like they're in this chapter, but you have to imagine like that experience changed them, right? Mm -hmm. That joy, that, that fear of, do you guys remember the time all the angels <laughs> appeared to us and were singing and telling us, I mean, to it's go gotta be great at dinner parties, right? you know, like when someone's talking about their story. story, they're like, I might have a story that's a little bit better. I, can, I think I can beat you. <laughs> I attended the angels choir practice. Right. It was kind of cool. <laughs> but then it's like that joy had to have been transformational for them for the rest of their lives of we were the, you know, some of the first people to go and see the mm -hmm. Messiah and, you know, heartbreaking that they may have seen, you know, him go through what he had to in the end too. Like we don't, we don't have their story. It's not in the Bible, but you have to imagine that they're what, happened to Jesus got spread through the country afterwards. And so it's like, they have to have been like, mm -hmm. we saw him at the beginning and we've now heard about what has happened to him at the end. And then probably it also heard about his resurrection, which is another form of joy that they could, they could thrive on. But it's just like, I think it's so easy in this like very celebrity focused culture of, um, ways people especially in these um charismatic kind of churches where it's like oh that person that pastor he's so much better than i am and it's like time after time after time god comes to the lowliest of people mm -hmm. and they get to have the best joy and so it's like when you when you see and read these stories don't i guess what i want to share is like don't think that you are not capable of getting that same kind of joy. You know, this mm -hmm. joy that Jesus brings to you is not reserved for the best of the best Christians or, you know, the, the mega church pastors or whatever. This is the joy, same joy that you and I can have the, you know, the newest Christian and the oldest Christian can have mm -hmm. that this joy is for everyone. It's not for just a select few, yeah. which is amazing. Cause that's different than almost every other religion. It's like every other religion basically puts you in, 
mm-hmm. you know, a ranking or a hierarchical order of like, you get this if you do these things and these acts, you get to this level. I mean, mm-hmm. and this is a very different way of approaching things. God says, no, I love you all. And I want you all to experience this joy. Well, we see so many of the, the stories of people who interact with Jesus uh, are people who have a reason to be afraid or have a reason to have distance between them and him. Lepers, prostitutes, tax collectors. Exactly. Yeah, Zacchaeus, all of his disciples, you know, mm. and they overcome fear. They overcome self-doubt. They overcome self-pity. They overcome all these things and they decide, I'm going to seek him. You know, his disciples leave whatever business or whatever livelihood they have to follow him. Well, and they constantly see him do these works and almost after every great miracle he does, like he calms the waves mm-hmm. and it usually ends that chapter with, and they were afraid yeah, they're asking like, who, who is this, this right? <laughs> it's like all the time yeah. they're constantly overcoming their fears because yeah. they're like, this guy is doing one major miracle after another. And they're constantly like, what is going on? And it's like this constant fear. Mm-hmm. And then they go into sections of just, amazing rapturous joy of mm-hmm. like we get to be with this mm-hmm. guy who's doing these amazing works right yeah so yeah. well i know that us and probably all of our listeners are really excited for you to delve into this more on sunday um zach will be preaching and talking to us more about um fear and joy and just overall we want to encourage you guys to be joyful this season there's so many reasons that everyone wants to tell you why this Christmas isn't going to be very good, whether it's you can't get this thing because of supply chain issues or, uh, you know, if you're listening to future people, if you're listening to this, we're still in the middle of coronavirus. You still might be in the middle of coronavirus in your time. Who knows? But, you know, there's so many reasons why everyone wants to tell you this isn't going to be a joyful season. And we here at the Salty Pastor, from myself and Zach and Pastor Doug and our staff here at Foothills and just the church as a whole want to tell you, there's plenty of reason to be joyful. And the primary reason, his name's Jesus. And he wants you to have real, true, authentic joy. There may be points where you're not overly happy, but that's not what the point of joy is. The point is to have a true, eternal joy that you can only get through Jesus. So we encourage you guys to focus on that this season. To If you're not in, uh, in doing the Advent study with us, do an Advent study. If you're not doing our Advent study, do any kind of Advent study because your study of Jesus and understanding why he came to help you is going to help you in your growth and your walk so much more, especially as you get closer to his birth and celebrating that. So thank you guys so much for joining us. We'll see you on Thursday. Pastor Doug will be back on the desk to talk a little bit more about um, how some of these things apply to our modern day stuff. And it's just going to be such a great week here on the Salty Pastor Podcast. Thank you so much, Zach, for joining us. And we'll see you on Sunday here at Foothills Christian Church.